Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherbert here with you. Monday, September 20th. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Today, Sunday evening version of the podcast. Um, And uh, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to sort of collect the thoughts on UGA, uh, 40-13 to over the Gamecocks over the weekend. Can answer a ton of mailbag questions. I, I don't have a lot to say about this game. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what happened. Gamecocks were beat on both lines of scrimmage. Um, for the most part, defense had some moments here and there, but uh, you can't give up 500 yards to these guys and expect to be in in in, in the game unless your offense is doing something well, and uh, the offense shot itself in the foot a couple times and obviously uh, couldn't get anything going on the ground. And, you know, South Carolina, to win that football game, they needed to run the football and play defense and didn't do that at a high enough level on Saturday night. Um, You know, I I think Georgia, you know, moving the ball well – uh, it is a lot, a lot of a testament to them and to JT Daniels and, you know, sort of how he does things, the way he plays. They have a good plan of things. Um, you know, I, more so than, well, this is not a good Carolina defense. They just hadn't played anybody yet. Um, you know, I thought East Carolina obviously put up some points against Marshall over the weekend, come from behind win 42 to 38. So if you're going to use the transitive property, which, I don't think applies ever, but if you want to, uh, there you go. You can say, oh, East Carolina's got a pretty good offense after all. Uh, but I, I think it was just one game and the matchup wasn't there. And Carolina just, uh, you know, didn't didn't do it and they needed to do it on either side of the ball. And uh, there you go. Uh, the offense does have some issues. Like I said, they have to, they have to figure out a way to run the football. I mean, that, it's been three weeks now. And, you know, they put 258 rushing yards up on Eastern Illinois. And then after that, this team's just not been able to run it. Now, uh, I would suggest a couple of things here. Uh, number one, I don't, it, it still looks like they're not getting in the right play a lot of the time. Um, maybe they did that better Saturday night. I don't know. 
Uh, we'll have to kind of see what everybody says. Uh, the offensive line looks confused. I, I, I think what you do is you got a lot of big road grader types up front. You know, I, I don't know that they're the best at, at moving and things like that. I, you know, just line them up and, and go boom. Um, you know, get nasty, in my opinion. Uh, you know, to take it to them more, just line up and go. Um, uh, you know, there was obviously a a gif out there of Jalen Nichols completely whiffing on a block. Uh, didn't even look like he wanted to do it. And, I, and I'll say this, uh, you know, look, these guys, it's not that they don't want to hit anybody. I mean, they're big offensive linemen. You know, I, I don't think the guy was afraid or scared or, or just missed. I, I think he's confused. And, and you see that confusion every week with this group up front. You know, and yes, they miss blocks, but something like that is not – I mean, if that if that's the norm for him, then he needs to be on the bench. You know, if that's just him not making the play uh, physically, then why I don't know why he's out there. Uh, but it's not. I think it's mental. Nobody that plays football does that on purpose. You know, so I, I think it's mental, and I think they're they're still not getting in the right things. The backs do not have room to run. They continue to. I mean. For those of you that were thought that the key to the successful successful offense this year was being able to throw it vertically, um, you know you're probably happy today. <laughs> but I, you know, like I've said many times, that's not that can't be all of your offense. Those are low percentage plays. Now I'll say this: South Carolina can start cranking the run game up a little bit. Um, they do have the ability to, to throw it down the field. Um, and so, you know, if, if that can kind of line up, uh, you know, this could be a successful offense, probably better than we thought. You know, Josh Van, a lot of yards. Um, you know, you got uh, Jalen Brooks, who made some plays. Uh, again, I'm still looking for Jaheim Bell to get the ball more. Was surprised Juju McDowell did not get the ball. Uh, Beamer kind of blamed that on the plays that they were calling while he was in there weren't good for him. So I, I, I don't know. The guy saved the game for you the week before. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. You needed a spark. I'm I'm not sure. So so you know, look, it, it was one of those games. Not a not a disaster. Still a lot of things to worry about. There's no moral victories covering the spread. Um, and they did cover the spread, but that that's not a moral victory. Uh, I think they got to regroup, head back into Kentucky uh, this week, and um, you know, see what they can do. See what they can do uh, against a Wildcats team that did struggle against Chattanooga. Mike Morgan called that game. I watched most of it over the weekend. And, you know, Chattanooga was able to kind of move it on their defense because they were able to run the football with a guy named Aleem Ford, who's from the state of South Carolina, who's really good. Um, and, and they kept them off balance a little bit. Short passes, quick passes, that kind of thing. I don't know. You know, South Carolina seems to me like it's not uh, that, that the offense is a little different than that. But 
you know, who knows what we'll see this weekend. Kentucky, last I checked, was about a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite right now. I don't know if that's changed in the last couple of hours or not. All right, so thanks to Heritage Digital for the first opening part of the segment, the news and notes segment. This time it's the – the um, I guess the review segment. Like I said, I, I don't I, – you know, looking forward, the, the Georgia game is what it is. Bottom line is Carolina, it's not going to be a good season if Carolina can't start you know, making something happen running the ball. And it's not going to be a, a, as good of a season if the defense isn't quite as good as maybe we thought it could be. You know, if they give up on average 400, 500 yards a game against most SEC opponents, I don't, I don't think this offense is capable of outscoring a whole lot of teams on the schedule. Maybe, maybe not. Um, we did see more offense this past weekend around the country. So maybe my uh, defense is back theory is is waning right now. Maybe it'll be a situation where we do see some points on the board more this year, but it'll be, it'll be good to study uh, moving forward. But, um, you know, so yeah, that, that's really all I've got to say about the Georgia game and, and all that. Like I said, it wasn't a, just a complete disaster. There were some good things. There were some bad things. Georgia dominated the football game. Um, you know, th- there are things that South Carolina has to correct. And that's um, that's it. There was no secret weapon. Um, you know, and, and Beamer mentioned the situation at the end of the half. I, I thought it was, you know, it was critical, those late scores. You know, because you had a 14-6 to 6 football game there for a while. It's one score game. You know, Gamecocks kind of took a body blow uh, and – uh, Carolina responded with some field goals. They probably should have had some touchdowns. And, and it was kind of a one where it looked like, you know, it could, it could be a ball game if, if they settled in. And then 21 to six. And then, you know, the safety, I, I, I applaud the aggressive nature of the call there. Um, and uh, it was just unfortunate. You got a safety. That, that, that's a risk, that or an interception, uh, whenever you throw it out of your own end zone like that. Um, and then Georgia, of course, got a field goal at the end. So it was 26 to 6 instead of 21 to 6. Still, you know, something went from a two to a three score game. Still, you know, South Carolina, uh, you know, ended up giving up two more touchdowns, 40 to 6, before they finally scored there at the end. Uh, so, so I don't know that the five points mattered a whole lot, uh, momentum wise, probably, uh, you know, there were some snarky comments and in, in some of the articles about coaching experience, uh, on the Georgia end that, that I thought were a little, you know, okay, well, whatever, if it works, he's, you know, you talk, people are talking about him being a genius. So 26 to six at half. And then, you know, the, 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 the overwhelmingly positive thing is Carolina didn't go in there and quit. You know, I thought a lot of the games last year that got out of hand, Carolina flat out quit. And this one, you know, they kept playing until the end, trying to establish some positivity, that type of thing. You know, Luke Doty being back, I think, is ultimately going to help this offense. Is he going to be perfect throwing the ball this year? No. But he's got a live arm, and he throws some beautiful passes from time to time. So, you know. It's uh, it's just one of those things. All right. All right, it's time for the iHealth Consulting uh, mailbag, which uh, 
is a pretty popular deal <laughs> uh, here, in my opinion, uh, that a lot of people really like. So we are going to get to that right now. So, you know, I've, I've told you about iHelp Consulting, and I've told you how Daniel Owens can help your business save money on credit card processing, insurance, telecom, et cetera, without sacrificing quality. But you may be wondering how it works, and it's very simple. Uh, call or text Daniel 843-372-5713 and set up a quick phone call or face-to-face meeting. Daniel will then exa- examine where there may be savings and let you know if you're paying junk fees or if your rates are too high. Uh, you may be thinking that, um, you know, well, how do they get paid or a consultant may be worth more than they're worth. You may be thinking I help might save 3000 but charge you 4 Well, that's not how iHelp does business. You only pay a percentage of your first year savings. Not only that, if they can't save you money, you don't owe iHelp a dime. And right now, they're so fired up that Gamecock football is back. Two and one start to the Beamer era. Uh, that if you tell Daniel you heard about it right here on the podcast, you're going to get a half-off promotion. That's right, half-off. Uh, so call or text Daniel right now, 843-372-5713, and give him a shot. So there's two ways to get into the iHelp Consulting mailbag. First way is to tweet to at the Big Spur Pod, and that's uh, one way. Please follow that account. Uh, and then number two, um, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. So we're going to read from Twitter to start with. Gamecock fan says, I know Georgia's defense is great, but they came through untouched all night. What's the pass forward? But what's the path forward for the offensive line? Can't create running holes, struggling mighty and pass pro, making life hard for any quarterback. Well, you know, the pass pro thing, I, I thought that was to be expected. Uh, you know, South Carolina needs to be able to run the football, though. I mean, that that's teams are just going to be able to tee off, uh, if they know if you can't run it, uh, because you get into passing downs over and over and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, to me, that's the bigger concern. Uh, you know, obviously, there's some special blitz packages and stuff that Georgia's got, ECU's got that have been effective the last two weeks. Uh, they're going to need that to change and, you know, pass pro better, of course. But the the bigger concern with me is is how, how are – they need to get on the same page run blocking-wise and go open some holes uh, for the best off, some of the best offensive players on the team, you know, which are the running backs. So, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's the bottom line, I, I think. Uh, offense wants to be better this year. It's not going to come from – Chucking it deep, you know, it's just not. Uh, they're going to have to be able to run the football. And so that's uh, that's the deal there, you know, as far as the O-line is concerned. Dylan says, what in the world's wrong with the O-line? If I knew, I'd tell somebody, promise. <laughs> Dylan, I just uh, – it's shocking. It's shocking to me. Uh, and then you get the crowd, oh, you hear the offensive line is going to be a strength every year, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's not true. We never say it's going to be a strength every year. We say uh, – we said it in 2016 we were wrong. So it was Will Muschamp who continued to say it. Uh, said it would be better in 2017. It was. Said it would be really good in 2018. It was. Said it would be a rebuilding year on the O-line in 2019. It was. And said in 2020 it should be a little better in 2019, but uh, there are some concerns. And lo and behold, especially when it comes to run blocking – 
it was. So the 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 shot, who who here raise your hand if you thought the offensive line would struggle blocking and run blocking. Uh, nobody thought that. So <laughs> you know it, it's and I guess that's the good news because most of these guys have, have done well before one blocking. Uh, so that tells me there's something else going on there. There's confusion. Uh, they need to simplify, and if they have to scrap the huddle to make sure they're in the right play, and Doty has to go to the line and check with me and look, and they have to quit huddling, I think that's fine. You know, and, and go tempo or whatever, however they're planning to do it, I think that's fine. I'm not saying that definitely is an issue. I'm just saying the more time you have to get in the right play, uh, you know, logic does dic- dictate that, uh, you know, you have a better shot at getting into the right play. Um, so all right, Ricky says, so we covered the spread. I thought Doty looked good. Glad we weren't shut out on offense. What were your thought about Jess and Turnatine and the five-point swing at the end of the first half? Thought it was unfortunate. Didn't think it cost him the game, as I said earlier. And why do you think our DBs kept playing 12 yards off on third and six? That's, you know, everybody complains about that, but that it's just kind of – it's kind of how defense is played. I mean, that you're off a little bit. They complete it. Then you you allegedly you're supposed to run up and make the tackle. Um, I didn't think that was costly. I thought, you know, it was more the fact that Georgia was just able to put the ball in right spots and the Gamecocks weren't really able to effectively uh, impact the passer as much as they had in recent uh, games in that one. But uh, I don't think you're going to see them go back to – you know, big cushion defense. Uh, you know, I think that you could play. You have to play some teams that way, though. Um, and it's not always bad. Sometimes it helps you. Uh, you know, you make them drive the ball down. You, you force them to kick field goals, that kind of thing, and you know all that. But um, yeah, it was interesting. So Jim says two things from Jim. Here he goes. Why was the offense so confused at the start of the game? For that matter, the coaching staff was too. Announcer even said the staff needed to calm down. Uh, the offense does not look like they know where to go or even confident in their position. All right, on your second tweet, I agree. That, and that needs to get cleaned up yesterday. If you have to strip it down, you know, go with six plays and ten formations and do it, do it. You know, if you have to strip it down to your base run plays, do it. You got to find a way to run the ball. You can't get too fancy, uh, period. Um, I don't care what the announcer says about the staff needing to calm down. I think announcers these days will stay say much of everything, any, you know, just whatever comes in their dang mind sometimes. Now, I know it was Todd Blackledge, and I have a lot of respect for him. I think if Todd said that or Sean McDonough or whoever. But, I, you know, I, I – Chances are, if you bring at me something that and TV announcers pointed pointed out, you know, I'm probably going to crap on it because I most of the time it's wrong. And you know, who who cares? They need to calm down. Who cares? Who cares? You know. Now, if it's affecting the play on the field, absolutely. But did they know that? Could they prove that? No. So you know, calm down. It's, it's crazy. Um. All right. Rob says. Hey, JC, it's your hometown pastor here, checking in with you from beautiful Lyman, South Carolina. What are the best and worst matchups for the Gamecocks against Kentucky this week? Could be position groups or individuals. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Um, 
Also, I know William Williams Bryce will be insane Saturday night. Hate that my wife and I won't be across the stadium in our normal seats. We'd love to meet you. We're expecting our first child Friday, so I will likely be screaming at a TV in Spartanburg Regional on Saturday night. That's where I was born, Rob. Spartanburg Regional. It's called Spartanburg General back then. Um, best matchups from what I can see, you know, I – I kind of like South Carolina's defensive line against Kentucky's offensive line. Now, that's a blockbuster matchup. Don't get me wrong. But I think the style of play that they sort of have, you know, Carolina's D-line has a chance to make some plays. Now, that's that's, that's good on good right there. Um, so, I like their chances. Uh, and, and, look, man, I it, it's hard to sit there and say anything on offense. I mean, I, I think, you know – Theoretically, you know, Missouri was able to move it. Chattanooga was able to move it. Theoretically, Gamecocks should be able to move the football. But the the self-inflicted stuff has to has to be cut way back. So that's it. It's a it's a looking at it on paper, it's a pretty evenly matched game. I mean, I think you know, just in terms of proven guys versus non-proven guys, that kind of thing. So I uh you know, I, I think if South Carolina can clean some some things up, the, then they're going to win. If they continue to have, struggle in the areas they're struggling with, they're probably going to lose. Uh, and that's probably going to be the case for a lot of these uh, toss-up type games this year. Rob, congratulations so much on the birth of your first child. Very happy for you. Certainly um, always uh, really good when you bring a, a little life into the world. We'll be praying for you. And obviously uh, – very, very much sharing in your joy uh, as the child comes. Hold the fort down up there in Lyman, man. Uh, Jim says again, the offensive line looked like they did the last two weeks. Missed assignments, no holes. What is different besides a coach from last year? They played better last year. They did. Um, I, You know, coaching has something to do with it because as a coach, you got to get your guys in the right position. Uh, you know, Greg Atkins, you know, I, I don't understand the the need to just pile, pile all over him. Um, you know, those of you out there that wanted a proven coach across the board, I mean, he, he had a really good offensive line at Marshall last year. He's been around for a while. He's a good recruiter. Uh, I, I, I don't really hang it on him. I, I think it's more the offensive coordinator, you know, needing to get – everybody kind of on the same page, uh, whether that's operational details, play calls, whatever. I, you know, I, I just – you're right. This group was better last year. They're capable. They're a capable group. And the, the season is, is not going to go well unless they get it together up front and on offense in general. Uh, that's the bottom line. Thomas says this is the last uh, – Last tweet. Again, you can get into the iHelp Consulting mailbag. Your questions are always answered uh, by tweeting to at the Big Spur Pod or inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. And we thank iHelp Consulting. Uh, he says, Can you forward this to Shane Beamer? Don't apologize for being aggressive and risky. We were playing the number two on the road at night. I've seen conservative plays. I think I. I speak for Game Cotton Nation when I say risk it for the biscuit. We've got your back, coach. Yeah. 
I think Shane probably wishes he had that one back, but you know, take a shot. You know, it was his call. Take a shot. Uh, and I've seen it. You know, I you know with the with the way South Carolina was sort of connecting deep with some deep shots early in the game. You know, I don't know that theoretically it was a bad call. You know, maybe obviously it was a bad call from the standpoint of you're playing a very aggressive defensive front. You haven't blocked them all night. It's from the one yard line. You're doing a drop back pass. That that is that 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 can be tricky. You know, but you know, had had anything happened but what did happen, or you know or a pick six or something like that, you know, nobody would be complaining about it. And, and look, you know, it's sometimes you gamble when you coach and, uh, you know, you take a shot, you take a gamble. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. That's football. And, that, and that's football. And, and, you know, I tend to lean more toward, I'd rather see somebody be aggressive than not, you know, the conservative, uh, you know, I, I think it's perfectly legit to question whether or not that was the appropriate time, and, and as Shane has said. But, you know, we'll see what happens, man. Thanks, Thomas. I'm sure that, um, you know, so here we go. All right, so we've got a lot of questions here. And um, in the inbox, going to maybe divide some of these up. Always appreciate them. Maybe we'll get through it. Who knows? Um, Noah, while a 27-point loss sucks, we finally saw Doty get some playing time, and I can see why you said he's improved. His accuracy looks improved. He has better pocket awareness, and he certainly has a strong arm. How would you evaluate his game, and what would you expect from him against Kentucky? And here's hoping the best for Sherrod Green. Noah, yeah, uh, I think he's got a chance to – Make some things happen against Kentucky. Uh, I think, um, you know, they've given up some yards and points this year, certainly, and he'll have some opportunities downfield and an opportunity to redeem a game last year that he probably wishes he would have had back. He has improved. Uh, I think people should have uh, probably realized that a little earlier, just to be honest, because uh, – you know, last year was such a bad situation for him. Uh, young player, you know, uh, I think some of the criticism he's taken, you know, even with the spring game was ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, I don't I don't even think Saturday night was – I mean, I, I still think he can play a lot better than that. You know, he's just young and, you know, did throw some pretty passes and things like that. And, you know, he'll be better. So, we'll see. James says, it is clear the offensive line has regressed a declarative statement. We miss Wolf. This offensive line shouldn't be this bad. Atkins is off to a terrible start. The O-line looks slow and confused. Despite the Beamer hype, we continue to see a lack of discipline. The idiotic penalties keep getting worse. You know, I'm calling it now. Stoops is going to run circles around Shane and his staff Saturday night. I'm predicting one and seven in the SEC. The Shane cheerleading routine is already getting old, James R. Well, you you stand in the minority there, James. And as I said earlier, uh, you know, the penalties are dumb. But I'll also say 
like I said, there's a reason the offensive line is struggling right now, and to throw that on James Atkins or Greg Atkins is, uh, you know, I guess he shares some responsibility in it. It's his position, but when you can't get lined up, you can't, you don't know what you're doing. That's going to happen. Uh, lack of discipline. I think a lot of the penalties we've seen uh, are part of a new taunting rule that they're looking out for this year, which I think uh, is a little bit insane, to be honest, and ticky-tack. But you're right. you got to keep going through it. You're predicting one and seven in the SEC. The Shane routine is already getting old. To who? To you? Well, you, you seem to have like a certain – you know, outlook on life like a lot of people, and um, that's fine. So I get it that it's getting old to you. Uh, certainly respect your opinion. But um, other than that, hilarious email, man. Uh, Eric says, oh, no, I, I answered this, Eric. He says, you missed this. No, I, I think it's just I had answered it early. New system and new guy, quarterback. Uh, with Zeb, not trying to put too much on Zeb too quickly. I said no. They weren't trying to limit him. Wasn't there long, just got into coaching, all that. No, they, they, they that, if anything, I think they probably need to limit the offense more. Because uh, they, they, it looks like a you know, jack of all trades, master of none type of deal right now. Uh, find some things, you got that. You know, find some things uh, that, that you can do and go do it. Philip says, UGA game went about like I thought it would. Um, if we made mistakes, which we did, I think without the screen pass pick, the safety, and a couple of blown coverages where they ran four verts, we keep it competitive, but it is what it is. I thought Dodie looked super talented when he was given time. And our wide receivers played really well overall, excluding the Brooks drop near the goal line, goal line which would have made it a one-score game if we punch it in, including a couple of amazing catches. I also thought, contrary to popular opinion, the play calling was pretty good. Yes, before the half was rough, but I liked Beamer's aggressiveness. And, 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 and look, I, the actual called plays – Maybe fine, you know. Um, I, I sort of thought uh, it was more the operation, like the assignments, I guess, with the O line, you know. Because, like I said, when you have guys running free like that, you're you're obviously get, offensive linemen don't just sit there and go, "All right, I'm gonna turn this guy loose," you know. It's some confusion, so that that's that there. So yeah, I, I don't want people to think being critical of the coaching on offense necessarily is just play calling. Cause a lot of it's, like I said, operational getting guys assignments down, all that good stuff. Um, I have no problem with the aggressiveness. I like the hard headedness to try to run because we're not going to succeed if we don't do that. And I like the diversity in the past game formation wise. Yeah. It's not even, you know, they needed to be hard headed in the run game, but they need to produce in the run game. I mean, there's no reason that, that they're not opening holes or some holes that Kevin Harris can't get a crease that, uh, and then things like Juju McDowell, not getting a touch, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, he says UGA's front is good, but some of the pressure was unforced errors by our guys. Yeah, anytime a front four sends four, 
Plus, someone is unblocked, and we have four returning starters, but they seem to have taken a nosedive. If we don't fix it, we're not beating Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri. What do you think is going on with that unit? Sorry for the long email and everything you do with the podcast. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. Um, I Like I said, I, yeah, I hesitate to lay it at the feet of Greg Atkins right now. Uh, I, I do think everybody kind of shares in responsibilities to get it fixed. I, I think the group's confused. I, I, I just like the secondary last year, that the, the wasn't a talent. I mean, they, they had talent back there, you know, obviously. It's just, they were confused. Um, so whatever they're trying to do up front is not working. And they need to scale it back, fix it, you know, get them right. Do 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 better than they have been because there, there's just no excuse for that. And it's just like, you know, you, if you have an offense and you're not accounting for things like, you know, them bringing more pressure or whatever, or I mean, you don't just line up and say, okay, here's my play. You call your play like you, you drew it out of a deck of cards and you're locked in. I mean, you're making adjustments constantly. So, you know. That's the part they really struggle with as well. So we'll see, Phil. See what happens moving forward. Thanks for your email. Do not be a stranger here in the iHelp Consulting mailbag. Will says from Charlotte, JC, thanks for all you do. On the tight ends, I like Muse. He's a great teammate and a great talent. But to be honest, every time he gets the ball, I think, man, I wish that was Bell with the ball in his hand. Do you think we will see Bell getting the start over Muse at any point this weekend? Feels like we need to figure out ways to get more out of this tight end group. Thanks, Will from Charlotte. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I can't disagree. I think coming into the year, you know, I, I thought Jaheim Bell and EJ Jenkins may be the two best receivers on the team. Now Jenkins had an issue that set him back. You know, hopefully he gets back. Um, but, yeah, you're not giving – I mean, I thought the idea was to run multiple tight ends in different spots and things of that nature, too. And also, uh, Jaheim Bell is out blocking Nick Muse, from what I can tell right now as well. So I could make all kinds – if you're going to put just play one, I can make all kinds of arguments about that needs to be Bell over Muse, unfortunately. It's not that Muse is playing bad. It's that Bell's just such a weapon. And it's a shame, you know, that he's not getting the ball more, all that good stuff. So, uh, still a young player, though. Still got a ways to go. Uh, But I appreciate it, Will, from Charlotte. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, Eric says, and this is the last question here. um, I apologize for not having the snap counts, but are we rotating guys on the offensive line? Are we mixing and matching to find a combo that works? Or hoping the same guys can gel and become a good unit? Also, what is the running back rotation? Yeah, nail, nail on the head there. I don't know. thought Juju was the player of the game versus ECU, but I, I think he only had one target and no carries versus UGA. Yeah, and I said going in, it doesn't need to re- – now, I said going to the Georgia game, it doesn't need to resemble a, you know, an NFL preseason game where everybody's kind of on a schedule and takes different snaps at different times. Uh it looked like the plan on Saturday was just to ride Kevin Harris and see if he could carry them. And he couldn't, by the way. Uh, now, he didn't have a lot of room to run, but this is one of those Kevin Harris games where people decide they want to stop Kevin Harris. They're going to 
you know, some teams have been successful doing that. And Georgia was that way last year and again this year. Um, you know, so I would have tried to get it, you know. Uh, and my other questions about all this is, to, is like, you know, where is the, where is the, you know, get the ball in the flat to to Lloyd or, or McDowell or Zaquandre White or something and get let them go. They did that the first game. I don't Maybe it's not there. Maybe Georgia was taking it away or whatever. But, uh, you know. Uh, says, lastly, I'm not sure how many times we were chunking it deep, but let's triple that number. Keep it going for Van Brooks and Brown. Nothing to lose. Uh, I don't know. I think you got a lot to lose if you if you start chunking it deep over and over, and Doty or whoever's misfiring, and those guys aren't necessarily open. I like I like going downtown, and I think um, I think one of the ways you can become more explosive doing that is uh, being able to line up and run the ball. Because right now, nobody's – nobody, and I never I never thought in a million years I would say this three games into the season, nobody's respecting – nobody has to respect the Gamecocks run game, which is crazy. I mean, if anything, I thought this team would be able to run the ball. Uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking after the game the other night, thinking back to that 2011 football game with the Gamecocks and uh, – they won in Athens 45-42 and was thinking about that season and that defense and how I was like, man, yeah, that defense, 37 points and 42 points first two games of the year. Then they kind of – Ellis Johnson and his group kind of figured some things out and defense ended up being, you know, one of the better defenses they've had of all time. Melvin Ingram, Jadevian Clowney, Antonio Allen, they – you know, get what get, they gave up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points early, but then settled in and and kind of got it done. So they, uh, there's always hope when you when you have players and you have talent. You know, there's always hope you can put it together. I, I, I would, I would feel a lot different if if the Gamecocks were sitting there limited at running back and limited on the offensive line. I mean, look, here's the thing too. At some point. You got to look at it. Um, I don't think they're rotating guys. I think Ja'Kai Moore, Ed Turnantine sort of rotated. At some point, you just say, give me the next five. I mean, South Carolina does have depth. You do have Vinny Murphy in there, Vershawn Lee, Ja'Kai Moore. Wanamaker's a good young player. I mean, you've got at least nine guys that have started a football game. So, I mean, you know, that, that's what happened with – you know, Steve Spurrier, when he had a terrible offensive line uh, thing. And, and I think back then, too, some of those guys were confused. Um, and uh, he just – they finally just, you know, continued to substitute and let other people start and finally figured it out. And they were much better at the end of the year. So, you know, hopefully they get this together and get it done. I, I think um, that's just one of those things. All right, so we've got one, two, three – Four, five, six, seven. Um, one more here from Hudson. What's up, JC? In your opinion, has the offense shown enough in the passing game to keep Kentucky from loading the box against the run to potentially free up some space for the backs? Hopefully. Uh, I didn't think it was necessarily Georgia loading the box. Georgia didn't really load the box. I thought uh, – they have their, you know, blitz packages and all that in the traditional sense. But um, 
I, I you know, if I'm Kentucky, I'm kind of looking at the game Saturday night and going, huh, you know, there's a chance these guys could get some big plays on us if they go vertical. Uh, maybe I'm playing it a little more straight up to kind of see what they do. Uh, but, but that, you know, I show, you know, 13, 14 completions. That's okay. You know, that type of thing. Um, but uh, it's a big one this weekend. And look, Kentucky can load the box. All, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you have to have, as I've said many times, a counter for that. Otherwise, everybody would load the box all the time, you know, because it, <laughs> there'd be no risk. So, um, and, and you don't always see teams do that. But, I, you know, we'll see how they play the Gamecocks this weekend. I, I would say they need an all-of-the-above approach on offense this week and kind of Make sure you, you you're you're getting the line down. Make sure you're getting the ball to your playmakers. They're in the game plan, uh, and the defense. Quite frankly, guys, let's just not not going to sit here and say everything was hunky dory on that side of the ball either. You know, uh, Sherrod Green being out hurt him a bit. Uh, so you gotta you, you gotta kind of make sure you're okay on that side of the ball too. Now I. One thing Georgia did not do a lot of was go downtown like they did against UAB, and that's one thing Kentucky really likes to do. Uh, I think this Kentucky quarterback, you can pressure, though. You can come after him, and he's at times made mistakes. His arm talent is good enough to just to beat you doing that if you do that too much, but uh, he is prone to make some mistakes. Thank you, Hudson. All right, going to have, um, you know, six six on the hole waiting for tomorrow in the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. And want to thank uh, Heritage Digital and iHelp Consulting for sponsoring uh, this episode. I'll be back tomorrow. Also, we'll be on Locked on the Gamecocks with Keith tomorrow. Don't forget JB and Goldwater on Wednesday. More podcasts, more fun on thebigspur.com. Uh, obviously disappointing loss over the weekend, but there's nine more games left to be played. And South Carolina, honestly, uh, if you look at the game this weekend, you, you can get it. You can pull out a win there. You can really see get the Gamecocks starting six and one, you know, when you look at who else is on the schedule. It's not a given. And the Gamecocks have to play pretty well, I think, uh, against everybody they play. But, uh, you know, I think you need to um, – I think Carolina needs to, uh, you know, fix some things that that we didn't really think or no nobody involved thought would be an issue heading into the season, i.e., running the football behind a veteran offensive line and with a bunch of good running backs. So that that's you know people, what what's my personal key for the rest of the year? They need to be able to run it because uh, all the, all these beautiful long passes won't mean much if uh, if they can't get a ground game going. And uh, so hopefully they do. Hopefully it starts this weekend. All right, folks, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. This is Inside the Gamecocks. J.C. Sherbert signing off.